Welcome everybody to another edition of the Neighborhood GM. This is another segment of the Roundtable. Today we bring upon you one of my old good friends, Mr. Joel Sheffer, who just happens to be a Los, Al- Los Angeles Rams fan, or I should say Rams. Welcome, Joel, to the Neighborhood GM. Thank you, Lloyd. It's great to be here with you and George. I mean, I George, I'm already like kind of like vibing with. I don't think we really need you. I feel like it's just going to kind of clog up the gears a little bit. But uh, let's continue anyway. <laughs> uh, something's never changed with you, buddy. Something's never changed. <laughs> so, the more so things change, the more things stay the same. Ain't that the truth? All right, let's uh, let's get this started. So, why on God's earth are you a Rams fan? Well, let's talk about first why not. You know, this team was started originated in the city of Angels. The first team to put logos on their helmets, trendsetters in the NFL. You know, they had the fearsome foursome back in the day. And growing up in Southern California, and this was at a point when the Rams, when I was a kid, were no good. They were playing in Anaheim. They were awful, but they were still kind of like, you know, okay, they're L.A.'s team. The Raiders were around, but when I was growing up, you weren't even allowed to wear Raiders gear to school. I mean, for obvious reasons. I kind of grew up, you know, with that kind of Los Angeles mentality. Now, for, for those of you that don't know the backstory about well, you know, the Rams moving to St. Louis, it's kind of the plot of Major League. You know, this former showgirl marries a, a wealthy, old, you know, owner of a team and a man who swam every day of his life mysteriously drowned under mysterious circumstances, and she inherited the team. So, <laughs> What are you implying um, there, Joel? What are you implying? Well, I, you know, I wouldn't imply anything on a recording, but I, I will say <laughs> I am very I'm, – I, I, I am grateful that she died in 2008. Like, you know, so she, 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 she screwed the city over, ruined the team, moved them. And of all places, like, what terrible foresight. Like, who moved the team to St. Louis? But, and of course, it was just salt, you know, salt in the wound. You know, a couple years after they leave, they win the Super Bowl. You know, and then, you know, with the greatest show on turf, which was an amazing team and just a great story. And so that kind of, you know, drew me back in. And I always liked the Rams. But as anybody who watches football knows, for years and years, yes, Lloyd, to your point, they were indeed the Lambs more than any other team. I mean, I think the playoff drought was only eclipsed by the Bills and maybe the Lions at one point, but then even Detroit made the playoffs. So we were kind of in a long playoff drought, and it was hard for a long time, you know, going through the Sam Bradford era, trying to root for, you know, just sticking with it. I have a, I have a Sam Bradford jersey. I'm not afraid to admit. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, well, you know what, Lloyd, it's okay. I uh Let's move hey, on. We made that mistake you know, too, man. Hey, we made that mistake. Did you buy a Nick Foles jersey though? No, I didn't buy a Nick Foles jersey because I knew he was trash. I mean, so I didn't, I didn't want to do that. But when you win a Super Bowl and they still don't want to sign you to a big contract, it says something about you. Okay. So I, I mean, I think it says more, but anyway, so I, you know, I always, and it was fun kind of rooting for the Rams because they were always the underdog. Well deservedly so. And I, I really got kind of. And then there were the rumors of them coming back to L.A., and that got cited because I'm an overall L.A. sports fan. So, you know, it just kind of went naturally that, you know, I'm like, okay, if they come back to L.A., that would just – literally the stars would align. The Rams would come back to L.A. I'd, I'd be rooting for an L.A. team. And, you know, sure enough, they did. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. So, I mean, that's kind of the, the history of my fandom and uh, kind of why I'm, I root for the Rams. Very nice, very nice. All right, so let's go on to the off season. What did you think about your free agent signings, uh, the plenty that you had, and then the re-signings? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, the, the Rams didn't have a whole lot of big free agent signings. I mean, last season, the Rams are very much in win-now mode. You know, they're not, like, looking for the long-term free agent signings. There were a couple things they could have done, like, 
you know, LaMarcus Joyner left, but I think, you know, Eric Weddle came. They've got a pretty, still have a pretty strong backfield. I mean, would you, I mean, call, would older. you call the Eric Weddle and the Joyner uh, kind of trade off? Would you call that even an upgrade? Yeah, I, I would. The way Joyner played last season, it was good, but I feel like Weddle, even though he's being a little bit older, you know, and probably towards, you know, the sunset of his career, he's still a solid contributor and a great veteran presence in the locker room for a lot of the young guys, you know, drafted and the guys coming in. Um, and, and Joyner wasn't like kind of the cornerstone of the defense, but I would kind of agree it is kind of an upgrade. We'll see. Again, you know, it's all, it's all comes down to, you know, on the field, but our defense was solid and we didn't really lose the key components of it. I think, and again, the, the big signings, you know, that happened last year, not so much in the offseason, but, you know, kind of locking up Aaron Donald and Jared Goff got locked up. That's kind of securing the future. And again, we'll see. I mean, they take up a lot of cap space. So I think this, you know, this following offseason and offseason after that are going to be kind of the bigger question marks, kind of where do we go from here, depending on how these seasons go. But I really like, I thought this, this offseason was good for what it was. I don't think they needed big changes. And I, like you said, I, I do think the Weddle is kind of an upgrade on the Marcus Joyner. Now, you guys uh, signed Blake Bortles. Is this a sign that Goff just sucks and he's going to switch over? <laughs> um, you know, that that's very interesting analysis. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you want to... If you want to pause the recording, I'll have some very good words for you about that. But, uh, yeah, no, if you're talking about the, uh, the uh, quarterback for the NFC West champions and the NFC champion Rams, then no, I don't think a terrible quarterback. And if by any means you think Blake Bortles would be better than, like I say, any starting quarterback, you're out of your mind. Now, I, I, I will say this, football more than any other sport has a, an impact from its coaching. Like coaching is so important in football, like more so than basketball, hockey, baseball. Football is a system game. You know, you can have a great player who's just, you know, in a terrible system. You know, I look at Randy Moss when he played for the Raiders. You know, he was awful. People thought he was done. He goes to the Patriots, sets records. Yeah, you know, I, I think, yeah. And I think, um, you know, McVay has a great system and, uh, from what I've heard and from what I've read, Bortles is thriving under McVay. And maybe, you know, it's it's never a bad thing to, to have a deep QB chart, like, at all. And if you have a guy, and remember, Bortles came out of, you know, out of the draft, and he was always, everyone was kind of wondering, is he going to be great this year or is he going to be, be a bust? He always, there were games where he showed signs of greatness. And maybe in the right system, he could do that. So I have no problem with kind of, you know, if you can pick up a solid quarterback that you can make better in your system, I don't have a problem with that at all. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, one thing, one thing I'll say about Bortles, I was always one of those guys that was hoping he was going to do well. But again, I agree. It just never was a fit. And frankly, he didn't have a line in Jacksonville. That really hurt well, him. Yeah. And that, and that can, and that can leave scars too. Like, I mean, that's honestly like one of my things about Sam Bradford. The, the Rams didn't have a line for the first three years of his career. And this guy got shell-shocked. And you could see it. He, he had the gifts. Anytime, like, guys would come at him, I mean, he never really regained his composure. And, you know, the offensive line is one of the most underrated positions in football. More and more people are recognizing it. But, you know, without an offensive – what do you think the Patriots always do? They always get a great offensive line. Because Brady, you know, literally has cinder blocks for feet. And if anybody gets within three feet, he's done. So I think – uh I think with Bortles, I, I feel bad. You know, I, I'm with you, Lloyd. I actually, you know, I kind of wanted him to do well. But, but, you know, I don't think it's any sign of the Rams losing faith in God. 
Well, I did have one quick thing to bring up on that. I know you mentioned that they signed Goff. His deal's going to end next year in 2020. Yeah. Now, the question is, do you think they're going to give him that big of a contract? And saying, I mean, we've had other casts when it comes to our boy Wentz, when it comes to Dak. I mean, we saw Wilson get paid this year. Do you think they're going to put him, put him up there with those top three, top four, maybe five quarterbacks in the league where they're going to get, what, 20 well, plus? 30? No, I think, actually 30. 30 mil a year. I don't want to say right now because I think it's a bit premature. If he comes out and just like they have another showing in the playoffs, like, you know, where he's scoring three points in a, in a, in a crucial game, I, it's not going to go over well. You know, that will definitely come into the discussion. If the Rams come out and can win a Super Bowl in the next year, year or two, I think he definitely has to be in that discussion. That's just kind of what Super Bowl quarterbacks get paid. And I wouldn't expect him to take any less if that were the case. Fair enough. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue back real quick. Since you mentioned um, or at least talked a little bit about systems, we didn't talk about Matthews. Yeah. How do you feel about Matthews okay. coming in when it comes to that interior side of the ball? I will say this as a fan. I very much respect uh, McVay's kind of leadership and his ability to you know place people where they need to be. I think that he can find a place for anyone. And I think Matthews coming in, again, he's not who he once was. He's still, you know, a fearsome guy. And I think if you put him in the right position, now he doesn't have to be like the, guy, the, the man on defense. That takes a little bit of the burden off where now, hey, I can go in. And if I don't make a play, the focus isn't on me. And I think that can alleviate a lot of the stress. And he can come back and just be where he is and just wants to knock fools down. So I definitely think he has an opportunity to shine, especially in kind of a you know a good coaching system. Well, is it going to be a situational or is it going to be an all-down player? Because, I mean, you guys are a little on the weaker oh. side, at least starting player-wise when it comes to your backers. I mean, you have Littleton that's in the middle, and you have Ebukam, if I pronounce his name right. Yeah. And then you have Lawler yeah. and Young. You have some good outside guys, but your inside seems to be a little on the weaker side. So what well, do you think? I think he... I mean, if he comes out healthy and he's ready to go, um, but because like you said, we, we are a little thin there. And if that's what McVay, you know, seems to happen, but at the same time, you know, we have strong enough front line and then the defensive backs are doing a great job, which it seems like, again, we've got a pretty strong, you know, backfield ease up on those, you know, inside linebackers. So I think, again, it's an opportunity for him to shine. I, uh, I, I wouldn't expect like a, you know, career best season for him by any means, but I think he's going to be a solid contributor over the course of the season. Fair enough. I, I'd, I'd agree. Yeah. I think he's definitely going to help you guys out. I don't think he's going to yeah. be an all-around bat or all-around player. I think he's going to be more situational, right. especially with uh, his previous injuries that he's had. But right. still, I think if anything, you guys, you guys filled your needs. But speaking of yeah. needs, how did yeah. you guys, How do you think you fared need-wise when it comes to the draft? Was like you know, so the second round they picked up, you know, rep. Uh, Rap Taylor, that's his name. Or Taylor Rap? Yeah, Taylor Rap. Taylor Rap. Yeah. He's a safety. And, you know, the, the thing that, the, from what I saw from him, people think he's a little undersized, maybe not as quick as some of the other guys, you know, safeties, but he's super athletic, super strong, and smart. So I think with him under the tutelage of some of these other, like, veteran safeties, like Eric Weddle or these cornerbacks, they can kind of teach him some, you know, I, he's a smart player. So I think that was a really smart pick because you do have, you know, other guys in the backfield who are a little bit older. And this is a time where he can, you know, learn without being pressured to kind of be the man. And I think that's I, great. I think that this guy has a chance to actually get some reps. I mean, oh, no, I, I do too. 
I watched him play a little bit when he was at Washington. I mean, he played 39 games there, eight and a half tackles for a loss as a safety. He had six sacks, seven picks, two forced fumbles, no, and three fumble recoveries. He's a solid player, like I said, you know, and I think, you know, in this fact, he might actually get some playing time. But I think that was a great pick. I was really happy about it. Because if there's one thing this team's shown is that the strength is going to be on the defensive end. Like the offense is going to come, but the defense is where where you really win games. And I know that's a little old school, but, you know, watching the Rams play, even though they give up a lot of points, they still have a solid defense. You guys drafted for defense. That's kind of the right approach, right? Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think that's what people, I mean, before it was like offense. And we also, if you saw there were some games, you know, the Rams are scoring 35, 40 points. They're giving up like 36. So I think yeah. focusing on that defensive end, I mean, their best, I mean, the, their best defensive performance of the season was in the Super Bowl. Like, I think that gets overshadowed by kind of just, it was just like a, bo- it's a boring one, but holding the Patriots to three points and for three and a half quarters is pretty impressive. <clears throat> I was going to say that's one thing I was going to bring up is uh, we didn't talk about Fowler being re-signed yeah. for one year. They were 14 so, mil. That's a lot yeah. of cash going to one guy one year. I mean, is that worth well, it? Again, is that it's, worth it's, it's win now. It's win now. And I think, yeah. Did he, I mean, that's did he show you enough running. last year? But did he show you enough last year for that? that that's what I'm saying. Fowler showed me enough through his career. And last year, he did have some, especially towards the, you saw him getting better as the season progressed. And I think a full season, like, you know, preseason and, you know, kind of like, you know, getting those reps in with the team beforehand, I think you're going to see a, a very different player come out. All right. Fair enough. Your third round pick is actually pretty interesting. Daryl Henderson out of Memphis. He rushed. 31 touchdowns, and he had an average of nine, almost nine yards. Do you think he's going to take over the reins for Todd Gurley? I, I think you're going to see, not necessarily, uh, you're going to see a lot more rotation in the backfield. And again, there's rumors that, you know, and he, this was in the Super Bowl, like, I, Gurley, something's wrong with him. Something's wrong with his name. There was, and I think there's truth to that rumor just because, I don't know, like, I've watched the guy play and he's, something isn't right. So I, I think I think you're going to see Gurley kind of fade off a little bit. C.J. Anderson had a really surprising year. I think Henderson, like you said, in 2017, averaged yeah what eight nine yards of carry. Then the next season, every team's gearing up, going, "This is the man who's getting the rock," and he still averaged almost nine yards of carry. He's not a great receiver, and you know McVay likes to run those kind of like running back receiver routes. So we'll see on that. But to have a, a good young workhorse like that, I, I think it's a, a strong pick. And again, could be a, could be a you know a wild card in how the Rams perform in the season. I don't know, I in fact, Gurley... I got a little bit of a different take on that one. He's okay. one, I mean, one, uh, not so much him taking over, but he's going to be that complimentary because he's... No, like I, said, I, I think you're going to have a, a multiple back back here. Like, again, you're going to have Gurley in there for a play. You're gonna have you're gonna have Henderson. I I don't see either one of those guys dominating the you know the time. That was my thing. I mean, I felt like you though. I think the whole thing when it comes to this whole conversation we have so far is system. Anderson fit your system well, and I was I honestly was a little hurt that that he left, but I did see the same thing. I said the same thing last year with Gurley when they when you guys played us, and he got hurt and he went down. I remember texting. George and our other buddy DJ, I'm like, something's not right. Something's not right. right with him. He's not running the same. And then all of a sudden after the season, this arthritis thing started coming out with his knee. I'm like, he's not going right. to be the same. He's, he's just not going to yeah, be. He, yeah. he got paid well, which is great. He got his money. Right. But now it's trying to right. find that next guy. 
that. I think, you know, as far as a third round pick, I think it's solid. Speaking of versatility, what do you think about your uh, your other third round pick, David Long out of Michigan? Well, uh, I think, again, this is one of these things. I think we have a deep backfield. And again, bringing in some youth in there, kind of keep it going, have him learn. I think it's a great thing. He has some, I think he has some solid plays. Um, I do think there are some question marks with him. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. <laughs> coming from a Michigan, coming from a Michigan fan, um, I mean, I keep I've harped on this when it comes to some of the other casts. Just Michigan and Michigan for me was a letdown last year, but yeah. I mean, when when it comes to long, just like his other colleagues in the backfield, when it comes to that versatility, it comes at a cost. So if yeah. it's going to be something in the slot where they're going to put him. It's it's not going to end very well. He has good cover speed. Right. He does that very well. I mean, even when you look at his uh, his metric, I mean, five hundred ninety five of those are, are coverage snaps, so he can cover. The question is, where can he? Right. Cover? I think it's a good pickup right. either way. I think if anything, he's going to be a prospect, um, not a project. Right. He'll see some reps yeah. next year. Yeah. No. And and I'm sure. Well, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think that's a. Uh, you know, a pretty good analysis, you know, saying, you know, again, you know, he could come out and really impress everybody, but I think more than likely he'll come out and he'll be okay. And then he'll probably, I, I don't think he's going to make a huge name for himself. What about your next pick? Well. Bobby Evans out of Oklahoma. He helped he, keep, uh, he helped keep uh, Kyler Murray up. <laughs> you know, and that's always one of those things. It's like, you know, the chicken or the egg thing that, you know, can he look better? <laughs> Is a Kyler Murray, or you know, does he make Kyler Murray look good? Um, I, I think uh, there's a reason you know, why I, people pay their offensive linemen's little extra on the side. Yeah. Just saying, right? <laughs> right? No, I, I don't disagree with that. And I think the Rams need to keep investing in that. So I don't know. Like I said, you know, I really liked. I think the, the Rams had a solid overall draft. You know, they kind of focused on where they needed to, and kind of looking at the holes in the future and. Uh, like I said, and we'll see. Greg Gaines, by all reports, it looks like he's going to start. Are you worried that because Ndamukong Sue has left, that there's going to be a giant hole in the middle of the line? You know, again, this goes back to, again, as a fan, I do have faith in, you know, McVeigh, and I think, and, and the other rest of the line, I mean, they come together, and it's amazing when one guy doesn't have to be the man. Like, you know, anybody in college, you know, when they say Gaines, you know, he's going to be like the guy on the line and he's going to have to take, you know, you know, the brunt of it. This is also again. Now you've got Aaron Donald, you know, you know, helping you out. You've got these guys behind you who you can count on. I think like, again, that kind of that kind of that veteran presence is almost calming. And, and again, you know, anything could happen, but I don't see it as a whole per se. I, I think the Rams are still going to have one of the best lines in football. Fair enough. What about, what do you say about your other, uh, Fifth round pick, another offensive tackle, David Edwards out of Wisconsin. That's we've talked about it multiple times just in this conversation. How important that offensive line is, and so if you can get some guy, especially in a later round, like the fifth round, who turns out to be a diamond in the rough, or even just a a workable player that can play, you know, most downs. I mean, that's that's a solid pickup for that late in the draft. The only issue that I saw with him is the shoulder. Uh, even when yeah. it came to the quote that he came out and actually said himself is the biggest thing that hurt him was his tape yeah. because he kept having issues with the shoulder most of the year. But with that being said, he still played well and he was hurt. Yeah, right. I mean, and, and you know, training staff in the NFL is just usually better than in college. 
I mean, it's just, I mean, they just, they, there's no expense spared. I mean, they better be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Let's get into your last two seventh round picks. When you get this deep in the draft, you're hoping to get that, you know, sixth round Tom Brady or, you know, somebody else that's like, you know, just, oh, hey, this guy actually works out. But once you get that deep in the draft, I think, again, you're kind of more shooting for, hey, who has the, you know, highest reward for the lowest risk is kind of what you're assessing. Like, who has the most potential? True. And, uh, I kind of think you guys took a so, chance with Nick Scott, safety out of Penn State. I mean, I think if anything, it's a project move, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, same yeah. thing with Dakota Allen. But George and I were actually talking about Dakota Allen um, earlier. Uh, fun fact about this guy is I'm actually pushing for this guy out of Texas Tech because he played uh, Joku. He was one of the guys that came out of uh, the Netflix series Last Gen U. I remember watching oh, this oh, okay. series. So, okay. you know what? I'm hoping he makes the team just because of that. That'd be awesome. No, I, you know, I, I, I love a good story, and I think that'd be great. And I didn't know that about him. And I think that's really cool. And I think, and you know, give credit to the Rams for kind of being like, hey, here's a guy we'll take a chance on him. It seems like, and maybe he will. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's always a fun thing to do. And I, I, I'm with you, Lloyd. I hope it works out. Let's segue back over to schedule, Joel. How do you think about your schedule? What are, let's say, what are the top four, quote unquote, difficult games slash trap games? Well, Lloyd, that was a magnificent segue. I mean, given that we were just talking about the draft. Um, <laughs> so, right, um, so right off the bat, uh, I think it's the second week. And you guys can correct me if I don't get the weeks exactly. But uh, it's a rematch of the NFC Championship. You know, the Saints and the Rams. Agreed. Yes, it is. And, and so, the, and that's playing in L.A. That's going to be a huge game. Obviously, there's a lot of bad, like angry New Orleans fans and players who felt like they were quote-unquote cheated, which, you know, as we all know, you know, the refs can't buy you into the game. You know, who knows what would have happened? We don't know. But we do know the Rams won. But you got to be a great gotta, matchup against give it Just a little bit of a nod saying that that was a pass interference, right? Uh, yeah, but I will say this as well. There's blown calls all over that game. No, 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 no we're not talking about that. So, we're talking that one call. No. Is- because no, yeah, no, but again, but, but but I'm saying you could go back in the in the second quarter and be like, look at this missed call, and the Rams could have scored on that. So <laughs> I, I think you're like you're missing right, hair. You're, right. yes. so, you're, you, no, no, you're right, Joel. You're right. Yes, you were right. Of on course that. I'm right. But, of course, of course but, I'm right. But if that was called, that was that would have been game over. That literally called the game. No, no, it wouldn't have been game over. There was a minute and thirty left. Let's just say they score. Uh, let's say they score on that. Okay. Okay, the Rams have minute 30 to come back and score again, which they can do. So I don't think you can necessarily sit there and say game over because it wasn't the game over. Now, no, if the that, clock was expiring, that would be a valid argument. But That would not. have been never know first and goal, and they could have ran it down. And you guys had, I think, one or, time out or, or he could have caught it and ran it in. We don't know. I mean, it, this is all semantics. The bottom line is, you're right, it was a missed call, and they're looking to rectify it, but you know, again, this is why refs have to get better. That's that's game one. So What's the next? next game I have, and again, I think this is an interesting game. I don't know if it's necessarily a trap game because people do have high expectations for them, but they play the Browns. And I <laughs> think this is going to be a very interesting game for a Browns team that has, for the first time in many years, kind of higher expectations than usual. George and I were and actually talking playing. about this game earlier. It's going to be a fun game to watch. It should be. I mean, that's the thing. It should be an exciting game. We should see what happens. But uh, I think 
again, you know, is it a trap game? I don't necessarily think so because they're expected. But at the same time, you're going into Cleveland with a team that really hasn't proven itself yet. And this could be their game to prove themselves. Yeah, I think that one of the next games I have is, uh, I think week 14, I'm not sure, but when they play the Cowboys. Now, again, 15. this is this, this, yeah, week 15. Kind of a replay of another playoff game that was very close. It was well contested. You know, and I know you guys don't want to hear it, but the Cowboys are still a marquee franchise. They've drawn a lot of numbers and a lot of eyeballs. <laughs> and uh, as much as you okay. guys don't want to hear that, it's, it's true. Not so it's so true. It's not, it's not so much you don't want to hear it. It's just the fact that there are a lot of hype. There is a lot oh, yeah. of hype. And, and I agree with you, undeserved. I, I don't I don't understand it, but the fact is when the Rams come in and play, it's a, it's now a big deal. It's going to be kind of, again, playoff rematch. I think that's at, towards the end of the season. Kind of, a, again, depending where the, the Cowboys are, which I don't think they're going to – I think they're going to be pretty good this year. But that's a different that's a different discussion. But I think that's going to be a uh, another big game that the Rams need to win. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, from an Eagles fan, I really hope, especially since it's week 15, I really hope that the Rams beat them because yes. that would mean yeah. that we lock up the division at that point. Because we actually play right. we play the Cowgirls the next week. So that, right. doesn't so be kind of a- that does nothing but help us lock up the number one seed in the NFC. So we would definitely. Cute. Cute. That's cute. <laughs> So, but my last, my last game, which is always, and again, I, you know, a lot of people don't understand this when they're not from or aren't NFC West uh, fans, and it's kind of been overshadowed in recent years. But uh, I think this year, one of the biggest games, because I think it's, I think it's Week 16, is against the 49ers. Yep, that matters. And, and uh, the Niners, let's say Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, he's healthy, he looks good. Uh, they got, I think they have a great coach. I think they've got a good system. I think that's going to be a scary team that I think that's a, a definitely a, a dark horse team this year. And I think towards the end of the season, that game might help it help determine uh, who wins the NFC West. And well, so George and I were actually talking about that. I mean, I think George is a little bit more up on it than I am. Uh, just seeing quarterbacks come back from ACLs like that. Uh, right. I don't, I, I don't have a lot of hope for it. I, I, I hope he does well, but I don't see it happening. I, I honestly think that one, I, truth be told, even though I, the last comment I said got a nice little chuckle out of you. Um, if yeah. anything, I, I still think you guys will be in the one or two seed. So, yeah. all right, segueing over, let's talk end of the year. Where do you think your boys are going to be? Final standings. Well, I think it's going to be a repeat of last year in a lot of ways. Um, I think I think they're going to have a record of about thirteen and three. You know, I think uh, which is you know exactly what they had last year. I mean, I'm given because you know I, I would put them higher. I think they're going to have a great season. I think they're going to be the, the team to beat in the NFC. Now, with that, I think that since they have the head to heads with like the Saints, I think they can you know very possibly get the number one seed in the NFC. What is your overall prediction for the playoffs? Then, real quick. Just NFC. Okay. All right. Well, again, let me let me think about this for just one second. I think uh, again, I'm going to put Rams as I'm going to put Rams as number one. I will go ahead and put the Saints as number two because I think the Saints are still going to be a great team. Um, I think the uh, I'm going to you know say it. I think the Vikings are going to be number four or something number three, and I put the uh, Eagles at number four. Okay. And then well, below that, I think the Cowboys are going to be number five. And I think the Niners are going to squeak in the playoffs at number six. Wow! Uh, no, really? no faith. Uh, no faith in the in the Seahawks. No, no, no. Or I have or no the, faith in the Seahawks. Or the Bears. 
No bears? No. No bears. I, th- I think, I think, you know, that, that division is, is being pr- uh, pretty brutal. I get the Vikings. I, I just torture and I feel like they're going to come out and win that one. Oh, wow. I'm, uh, I gotta you know? say, I'm, I'm a little surprised by those predictions, but okay. Okay. You know, it's all right. Hey, you know what? We got to have a little fun with it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, don't put money on the Vikings to make the playoffs, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and I almost put money on that Ruiz fight, you know, like, you know, I was in Vegas and I thought, oh, I should put 10 bucks on that. Oh, no, you should have. Sure <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. Because usually when it's that, you know, that's what, again, d- different podcast for that. But, uh, <laughs> for sure. All well, right. So let's uh, segue over to, uh, let's do some fantasy talk. Who do you think okay. is going to be your top three fantasy contributors for the Rams? Well, I'll tell you, well, let me start by saying, uh, again, you know, if you're at your draft, I would not draft Todd Gurley super high. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be that high on a lot of people's draft boards, but I wouldn't take him in the first round or maybe even second, depending how big your draft is. I wouldn't. I don't think he's going to have an amazing year. He's still going to put up some numbers, but I don't think he's going to be like you guys talk that quality back. But one of my favorite guys I have on my team last year, and he's going to be a solid contributor this year if he's healthy. But you might be able to get him later. Is Cooper Cup? I knew you're. He's an integral. Cooper Cup is an integral part of that offense, and if when he's out, you see it's kind of like that old school Wes Welker Tom Brady dynamic. He makes a big difference. Now look, he kind of plays that same kind of slot receiver. But he's quick, he's dynamic, and he makes great plays. And he's got a good chemistry going on with Jared Goff. So I'd look for him to put up some big numbers this season if he stays healthy. But I think, you know, there's a guy for that. Number two, I'd say the quarterback, Jared Goff. You know, depending on what type of league you're in, if you have him, he's, again, going to put up, be putting up a lot of numbers. we got Goff, Cup, and I think the last one I'm going to say, let's go with the defense. Yeah, I think that's, you, not, you, yeah, you that's not bad. Yeah. That's, yeah. So I, I think if you're the top, I think the top three can, and my, you always want, if you want just solid numbers, you get Greg the leg. All right. <laughs> and I know it's a kick, but you know what? That man's kicking 50 yard field goals. Hey, you know, you got a point. You got a point. You got a point. <laughs> so, so, kicker, but yeah, who so, does think about a kicker? Oh, yeah. The Bears do. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So, that's, that's, that's hurtful. That's hurtful. <laughs> Sorry, Bears fans. I had to. I had to, man. All right, wrapping up here, Joel. Thanks for coming on the cast. Do you have anything else for us? Thank you for having me on the pod, guys. It feels great. I feel like some sort of celebrity. <laughs> Glad you made you feel that way. Thank you for coming on there, buddy. I appreciate it. Well, it's not hard to make an inadequate man feel special. Oh, thank, thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I will remember that the next George time I bring you on. Thank you. Thank you, George Lloyd. Thank you so much. It's been great. All right. All right. That's it for today's edition of the Roundtable with the Rams. Check us out on Facebook at the Neighborhood GM. And we are also on Twitter at GM Neighborhood. Have a good one.